What are cuss words but a mere reflection of my love for y'all? Be advised. Hey y'all, I'm Jen. I'm from Oakland and I'm an androgynous, black, lesbian, feminist, and a lover of all black people. This is Darren. I'm an asexual novelist, researcher, and bona fide comic book fanatic from the widest part of Southern California. Orange County. We're queer millennials with three kids and nearly 20 years of marriage. This is a podcast about the realities of blackness, adulting, and relationships. This is That Black Couple. <laughs> happy March. Happy March. Happy Women's History Month. Happy, happy Women's History Month. Oh, I'm tired. I'm very tired. I know, me too. We've been working on the live long day. I know. And yeah, yeah. And I'm kind of irritated. Anyway, let's 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 just start the episode. So <laughs> so have a seat, y'all. This is that black couple. I'm Jen. I'm Darren. And before we get started, please make sure that you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at that BLK couple on Facebook at That Black Couple and look us up on the internets at www.thatblackcouple.com And if you're listening to us, you're listening to us on a streaming platform. And guess what? Every other streaming platform where you can find a podcast, you can find us there too. So tell a friend. Let them know. Evangelize for us. It's all that we ask. Oh my gosh, why do you sound so weird? <laughs> I was watching, like, how long he gonna sound like this for? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I'm like a 1950s radio announcer right now. So, 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 we are real low-key today. We're keeping it low. Get you some hot tea. Get you something that's good for the gut. I feel like my gut is just... <laughs> I'm getting older. <laughs> Things don't process like they used to. You, you want something that has some assistance. Something that's going to... Yeah, that's going to keep you regular. You know? Something going to like, grease the regular, pipes. Regular, smegular. You yes. know what I'm saying? Something that... Not that flat tummy tea shit them Kardashians be drinking. I'm talking about real tea. Yeah, because I don't keep you regular. No. That, that keep you fast. I'm talking about <laughs> the stuff that grows from the earth and naturally is supposed to help your body like be better. Yes. Something that, you know... Uh, the ancestors are into. Yeah. Yeah. You know, go to the store, you know, let, let them lead you, mm-hmm. you know? It was, oh, wait, what's our auntie? What's our community auntie? We always got nice emails and we always super close to the camera on Instagram. Uh, her name is escaping me right now. She's vegan and we don't eat her food. We just love her. Oh, you're talking about Tabitha Brown. Tabitha Brown. Whatever she drinks. Yeah, she she good on that one. Whatever she drinks, I'm sure it's gonna gonna have ashwagandha in it. Ashwagandha, ashy wakanda, ashy wakanda, ashy wakanda, and apple cider vinegar. Ashy wakanda. That'll do you right. So I'm excited about this episode because we are talking about something very critical and important, and it's episode five of season four. We're talking about giving black trans women their flowers. Yes, and I and it's the the point of giving flowers is that. Give them to them while they're still here. While I, while, yeah, while I, I yet, yet live. live as Sister Christmas at Evergreen Missionary Baptist <laughs> Church in East Oakland, California. Actually, North Oakland, California. Would say. Okay. Unless we got the boulevard. So I want us to start to talk about why we're thinking about this today, Darren. Um, what's, what's, what's been going on, Darren? What's, what's, what's been going on in the world to get us talking about 
giving black trans women there. And it's interesting because we chose this topic before all this stuff happened. Yeah, yeah, we had planned this we out ahead of time. We had planned this episode months in advance. Yeah, we was like, you know what? In March, we're going to really talk about black trans women. We're going we're gonna to give them their due. People be doing too much. And then in the past week, go ahead. Damn. The world showed up. The world says, the world. you know what? You know what? <laughs> we really want to. The stuff we had before was just a Sunday. Here's a cherry. Well, so so it's been a, it's been a lot. It's like every day in the news, there's some other bullshit mm-hmm. where someone's talking talking shit about trans people. The big one was CPAC, the Conservative Political mm-hmm. Action Conference. Mm-hmm. They every year, every year it's like, what bullshit are we spewing this year? And this year, I, I guess they just decided like. We're gonna focus on trans folk, Bro. right? And it was—I mean, the headlines. It was every headline was was what what new horrible thing could a conservative say about trans people? So I'm gonna just list them out for y'all, so y'all can just hear how shitty this has been. So Sebastian Gorka, this is a terrible human being. I'm not even gonna talk about all the litany of things and, that make him horrible. And let's, let's let's also make sure we you know say like this is a delicate topic today oh so, yes so lots of trigger warning so you know just prepare yourself I'm, I'm glad you caught me because the, the stuff that they said is gonna, yeah, it's gonna it's, hit it's, it's, so just you know um don't expose yourself to it not in the place to hear it yeah so yes sebastian gorka like i said i won't tell you how bad he is he's horrible if you type his name in, in google you'll see how bad he is mm-hmm. um there's there's you know it's like pick your choice you know which which bad thing is he he's all of them um so he went on stage and he said that democrats are mutilating boys and girls Mm-mm. and sacrificing them on the altar of their transgender insanity what the hell does that um mean? then you know fr- friend to the show marjorie taylor green mm. you know she was there she always she always got some horrible shit to say you know little, whenever uh, there's a mic for her little jacket yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'll get you her little cruella deville mm, she yep. always looked like somebody's witch she yeah she always looked like a disney villain she definitely looks like a villain like everyone <laughs> A different day, a different villain. Absolutely. Um, so she 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 went up on stage and had a big announcement. She's like, you know what? You know, in the last session of Congress, I put out this bill and, you know, the Democrats wasn't having it because they're insane. But you know what? Now we're leading the House and I'm going to reintroduce it. And it's this bill. It's called the Protect Children's Innocence Act. No. So you can imagine what's going to be in there. Um, basically, what it would do is it would make it a felony to perform anything to do with gender. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Yeah, that's what she's so excited about. Um, then there's this man, Tom Fitton. He's the president of the website Judicial Watch, mm-hmm. um, very very right wing website. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that gender affirming care for minors is a demonic assault on the innocence of our children. Oh um, then there was Michael Knowles, the host. It's it's a lot, y'all. It's a lot, and this. This was the worst one oh, of, of the whole conference. This was the worst one. This was the one that like really got all the headlines. Um, Michael Knowles, host of the Michael Knowles Show. No relationship to Beyonce Knowles. I was Mike, thinking that. N- none, was of, thinking none, that. Of, none of them Houston Knowles. No relation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he said um, that if transgenderism is false, then for the good of society, transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. Yeah, so... Wow. 
We're low-key now just talking about genocide. That's genocide. It's low-key, high-key saying we're going to just erase people mm-hmm. who already exist. And I believe that the, the current stat is there's about 1.5 million people that identify as trans in oh. America. And and that's and that's just people who we have a record of. Because more right. than likely that number's probably... Right. It's, it's a low figure. Yeah. It's a big and conservative so number. He just got on stage and said, we need to eradicate these millions of people. Mm. So, Wow. Wow. And then if you didn't think it could get any worse. Oh my god, child. If you thought it was only the white, Republican, you know, super conservative people you know, that Zero. were going to do it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When I heard about what happened to CPAC, you know, I was like, of course they did. Like, yeah. well, didn't one year Clint Eastwood yell at a chair? Yes. CPAC, you know that was CPAC. Okay. So, I mean, things happen there that are really questionable. But... Uh, like I said, just... Just when you thought. What I did not. So what I did not. So okay. I got, okay. <laughs> so this is how I found, I found out about this. I got on Twitter and people was like, mm, Alice Walker, and it wasn't like it wasn't like good stuff. It was like really bad stuff. And I was like, that's weird. And I was like, let me pay more attention. It was like you know how you see it pass by and you're like, oh, somebody didn't like a book or you're something. Like, oh, okay. But then yeah. you see more and you're like, wait, something happened. And you see more, and you're like, oh no. Oh no. So so when I dug into it, it turns out that um elder, mother, um womanist creator, uh author of Color Purple, um uh um <laughs> she 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 came out this week to defend JK Rowling's transphobia. Mm-hmm. Um and she did it in, in 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 such a theatrical and fantastical way. It was it was done in prose. It was she wrote a six paragraph essay on her own website. On her own website. Just to just just to gaslight us to say that not only is JK Rowling one hundred percent within her right to be a transphobe because she can she can just do that, which is what that's what Alice Walker said. Um that part of this conversation is happening because of the way we use words like guy mm-hmm. um, with children and that it confuses children and makes them uncomfortable in their gender identity as kids. And and that's what somehow a gateway to trans. Yeah, she said she said using terms like the word guy for both male and female. Right. It eroded the ability of children to easily feel confident right. in which gender they were. Right. And it's a beautiful way of saying, I'm a motherfucking transphobe. <laughs> it's a really, really lovely, beautiful, authorial way of saying, I'm fucking transphobic. And then, and then she went on. And and as it seems like every transphobe always has to do, they always they fall right into going. children and surgery. Oh, like they've got to go straight to yeah, they, and they got to go straight to the genitals. It's straight, all it's, 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 it's always the genitals. Oh, it's straight to the body parts, right? And so she talked about chopping off, mm. and I'm like, Alice Walker, Alice Walker, Alice Walker, Alice. I just I just long for a day. Yeah, I long for that. I was talking to you about this the other day. I I was thinking about Whitney Houston, and I'm yeah. like, I long for the early days of Whitney Houston. Well, we didn't know shit. We didn't know who the hell we she said, was. Hey, she pretty. She pretty. She, she can she sing her ass off. She from Jersey. You know, 
Ooh. We didn't we didn't know nothing. We didn't know about nothing. Her life. We didn't know nothing. We didn't know nothing about her views on shit. Nothing. We just knew she with me. She and we love it. Look at her. Support her, y'all. Her big old smile and teeth that go all the way to the back of her neck. And then and then as time went on, she got interviewed more. And then she did the reality TV show. And then and we I was just seeing like, stuff. And we was like, oh. Now I know who you are. And it's not the same. This is not good. Like, we still love you, Whitney. Oh, you we know, love you so no much. No one will ever also, be Whitney Houston. Also, shh, shh, Yeah, like, hey, just don't. Shh, shh, hey, hey. Don't do it no more. Keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. Like Alice Walker. We didn't need We, we didn't, didn't need, need it. to know. And here's the thing. Like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the, okay. Here's the thing. Like, I'm not super surprised, right? Because, you know, I am a black, queer, trans person. And so I encounter, I'm going to be real, I'm going to be real honest right now, okay? I'm going to be real honest right now. I've encountered a lot of cisgender women, cisgender black women who consider themselves feminists, who struggle with my orientation transness. Mm-hmm. And who try to marshal my gender to to force me into a she her gender normative feminine box who literally will look me right in my face and say, Oh, you're femme and I'm like, No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm actually not. I'm not I'm not. You don't get to tell me mm-hmm. you don't get to tell me who I am and what my body is and how I feel. And you don't get to just call me she and her. Well, that's not, that's not my pronouns. That's not how I move through gender, you know? And the number of people, the people who've told me, you're a girl, you're just a girl, you're a girl. That's always been black women. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so the fact that Alice Walker did this doesn't surprise me. It just disappoints me. Yes. It just disappoints me because she has been so critical to so many of our journeys to understanding ourselves including those of us who are who are trans and it, and it feels like a betrayal yeah it feels it feels like we believed a lie because we looked at this person and said oh you get it you get it and not only did you get it you've put words to something that i haven't yet figured out so thank you for that and then to have her be like psych <laughs> Mm. wasn't talking about y'all it's like oh you too you know it, it it just feels like a betrayal that's exactly what it is that's exactly what it is but that's also why on today yes we are giving black trans women their, their flowers. flowers because because the world is a because hostile if place. alice walker can lose it in 2023 <laughs> anything is possible we're gonna just do our we're gonna do our part i mean and this as we were running up to this episode, you know, the thing that you kept saying to me is, is there is a genocide happening. There's an actual genocide. There actually is one occurring right now. Right now. For black trans women. It actually is happening and has been happening for years. So when decades. these things come out, it's just, it's just that much more Absolutely. disappointing. Absolutely. But it also, again, is, it makes what we're about to do so much more important. Right, right. This podcast is supported by generous donations from our patrons and listeners. Become a supporter today by heading to www.patreon.com slash colorcombosmedia. You can stream the show on iTunes, Spotify, 
Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. When you listen, please consider hitting that heart button, sharing, giving us a five-star rating, and leaving some dope comments. This helps us with our paid drinkings and gets more listeners for the show. Thank you so much. We're back. We are back. And it's time for the conversation. It is. So, as we said, we are giving black trans women their flowers on Mm -hmm, today. mm -hmm. Um, And we wanted to spotlight one in particular for the conversation. Mm -hmm. And that is the one and only Marsha P. Johnson. The one and only Marsha P. Johnson. Now, if you don't know who Marsha P. Johnson is, we happen to have an expert in the room. Oh, don't do that. I don't know if I'm an expert. I just know a lot. Listen, you was on a documentary. That's true. Spotlighted. That's true. Talking to the whole world. That's true. Internationally, about who Marsha P. Johnson is. That did happen. I think that qualifies you as an expert. That happened the way you said it. That And that documentary, by the way, is the book of Queer Found on Discovery+. Plus. Thank you. Dropping it in there. <laughs> so, thank you. <laughs> who is, or, or who was Marsha P. Johnson? Well, well, Darren, um, I want to talk about who, who she was, but I also want to talk about how I learned about her. Because I didn't know who the hell Marsha P. Johnson was until I was like, 30 right um had never been taught anything about trans history or trans experiences or anything in high school or college and at that point i think i had a graduate degree and mm-hmm. still didn't know anything about who she was so um marsha johnson was a, a very flamboyant very uh over-the-top black trans woman who lived in new york city um in the 60s and she, you know, was known for um, kind of, you know, she was on the streets a lot. You know, it was hard to um, get work at that time, like honest work. You you know, people saw that you were trans, read you as trans and, you know, did not want you employed in their place of business um, or even patronizing their bars or their mm. shopping centers. Um, and so being trans in um, that moment in New York City was really um, kind of seen as kind of deviant and criminal. Um, and so even as the kind of white, um, cisgender, male, gay community was growing and was kind of getting more acceptable, trans folks were still very, very marginalized and even more so if you were trans and person of color. Yeah. Um, so Marsha um, was interesting because she... Uh, saw how difficult it was to be black and trans and queer on the streets in New York City in this moment. And she uh, linked up with Sylvia Rivera, and who was also a very, you know, spicy, very overt, loud Latina, um, who, uh, you know, she had been doing, she was kind of more over the top and more like kind of confrontational with her trans mm-hmm. activism. So they came together to found STAR, the Street Transvestite Action uh, revolutionaries that was dissolved in 1973 but they founded it in 1970 but what happened right before uh, the founding of star is what most people know uh, marsha p johnson for which is the stonewall uh, riot and rebellion that uh, kind of was the start of our gay pride mm-hmm. um you know there's a bar a very seedy bar that was kind of run by the mob the mob had connections with the police nypd was kind of you know, they agreed not to um, harass people in the bar just so that the mob could make money off this, like, really awful alcohol that they were serving as watered down and nasty. Um, and, you know, as more of these kind of seedy 
locations started to open up in communities that serve gay and trans folks, police were kind of encroaching on those communities because it was mm-hmm. like, yeah, like we, we, we are being paid off by the mob, but like, you know, also we are going to police these criminal <laughs> bodies, right? Of and course. The Stonewall Inn was one of those uh, very city locations. And uh, one night there was like this kind of two undercover um, police officers who were trying to pretend to look like, you know, queers, but queers, no queers. And, you know, folks was like, oh, they trying to come get us, right? They had lights and stuff that would go off in the inn and let people know like, oh, the police is coming. Like they, the whole thing was popping. And um, that night folks was just done. They were like, they was over it. They was like, we're not about to sit here and have y'all punking us again. Shut up. So when police came, they fought back. Like, they fought back. And Marsha was one of the first ones to confront police. Um, uh, Sylvia Bibetta was as well. Um, and what people most know um, is a very masculine kind of stud-presenting woman named Stormy Delevade. Mm. And she also was very confrontational with police. They were throwing pennies and dropping bricks on people's heads and they marched up and down the streets for hours. Um, so this became, you know, it started off very small with people who were in the inn. And then as they kept marching, they picked up more and more people, more and more people. Um, and this became like the site of, you know, revolution against this, this kind of police surveillance and harassment against queer and trans folks in New York City. And that birthed uh, the first pride. So the first pride came as a direct result of the work they did um, at Stonewall. Ain't that some shit? Yeah. We we owe pride celebrations to trans women. Trans women. And, yeah, and specifically black and and Latina, you know, trans women of color, and black lesbians. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, Marsha went on to, you know, continue to serve her community and, like, be an activist and do all that stuff, but she she died under really strange circumstances. Yeah. Um, her body was found like floating in the river and, you know, they never like figured out what happened to her. You know, there was no answers. I just feel like that, that is too often the case, mm-hmm. especially with trans women where it's like something happened. Oh, yep. Cold case. And it's just like, it's, it's the, the unequal care, the unequal attention, the unequal investment, um, that's still in, in 2023. It's just, it's still shocking to me that mm-hmm. it's still occurring and that, and that it's not something that is not, it's not something that is, isn't called out mm-hmm. much more. Yeah. I mean, and it's interesting, like police officers at the time, um, you know, when they found, they found Marsha's body in the Hudson River, they were like, oh, suicide, you know, yeah. like they just went straight to suicide <laughs> and everyone in the community was like, Hey, hold on, you know, like, wait. Wait, and it was it was like literally they were like case closed. We're not investigating this. We do not care. Yeah, and you know a lot of folks in uh, her community and who were direct, directly affected by her life have worked tirelessly over the years to kind of make sure that her story and her life is remembered. You know, there's been all these documentaries and some with a lot of controversy, but you know people are trying to make sure that they remember and archive her history. Um, but yeah, this I feel like you know thinking about Marsha's experiences and her life and the work that she did and how critical she was for so many of us. Um, that erasure is a particular type of violence um, and a kind of world making that is so dangerous. This is why when folks like Alice Walker does what she does, 
It's just like, hey, 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 the stakes are too high for that. Yeah. Like the stakes are just, they're just too high, you know? So I don't like to conflate, right? But like, you know, when you have a feminist foremother like Alice Walker come out and be an utter transphobe, right? Knowing full well that black trans women are being killed every day just for existing. You know what I'm saying? Just for existing. Just for being. Just for being human. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, the stakes are just too high. The stakes are too high to play around about this. And and the, th- the thing about it, too, is it, it the effect of comments like that are so large, right? right. Because you think, you know, trans women are walking around mm-hmm. with with that information on their shoulders all day. All day. No, knowing that they're targets, right? right? Knowing that, that there are people that are literally wishing them dead, right? On their hands and knees, praying to God, right. please, you know, smite these people, right? Right? They know that, right? And then, like you said, to have someone like Alice Walker that, right? For a lot of people, they look, are looking up to her. They're reading right. her work, and it, and it has meaning to them. Like that's that's a blow, right? That's a blow to someone's existence and, and to to Absolutely. their to their their well being. Absolutely. And it also then shores up. All the all the haters, all the Absolutely. naysayers. It says, "Oh, look, see, Alice Walker's with us. Look, and that's another one in our column." Right? And and what it also does, and what it also does, is it it adds heft and support to those structures that erase people like Marsha P. Johnson. Yeah, it, it provides support for the systems that say that trans folk are inherently criminal. And and like you just said, you just outlined Marsha P. Johnson and all of the amazing work that she did in the in the the huge impact that she has had on the world and the fact that we still have to fight. Right. Just so that she's remembered. Remembered. You see what I'm saying? It's astonishing. It's like, astonishing. And a lot of times, and disgusting. you know, people talk about, you know, hate, you know, within the LGBTQIA community mm-hmm. and how, you know, you know, maybe white gay men don't like black trans women. Right. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll say transphobic shit too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Everyone wants to go to the party. Right. Everyone wants to be at Pride on the float. Right. You know, dancing around, doing all type of shit. But it's like, it's because of her. Right. And you want to erase her. Right. And you want to discount her existence. Right. And you want to, you know, act like she did. Like, right. what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we, what are we doing, doing here? It's ghetto. Give her her flowers. Yeah. Yeah. It's real raggedy. It's real raggedy. That's why on this episode, we're going to be doing something different. I got a couple... A couple heavy hitters, okay. a couple dope, a couple dope ass okay. black trans women who have been critical to my uh, political journey over the last decade or so. Right, because the legacy continues. Because it, yeah, and it matters. You can find my mom and dad, aka that black couple, on the web at thatblackcouple.com. That black couple is owned and operated by Color Combos Media. If you would like to help fund our content, sign up at www patreon.com slash color combos video please consider giving us five or ten dollars per month to help us build our platform and grow our organization you can also give one-time donations at www.paypal.me slash color combos media all donations are welcome all right so let's wrap it up you ready to wrap it up let's do it let's go okay so what i would like to do is just share uh four women who have been critical in my life um, 
in my work on understanding my own transness and my own trans activism. Um, yeah, I like to I like to do that. Who's number one? So so. Okay, I like that it's number one, but I don't want it to sound like any of them are more. But this is not a rank. They're all wonderful people. This is not a it's rank. It's not a rank. <laughs> not a rank. Um, but number one, I would say is Janet Mock. Um, so Janet Mock, she was the first celebrity interview I had. And it was like 2000, I don't know, that would have been like 12 or 13 maybe. Mm. Um, and I was interviewing her for The Root. And it was my my first big piece of the route, um, and she was she was so incredible. She was so incredible. Talking to her was so incredible. Um, I had read her first book, um, Redefining Realness, and it it I could not put. I remember I remember I was falling asleep in the bed with that you book. Were. I read that book in like a day or less. I read I could not stop reading it. I stayed up all night reading that book because it just felt so. I felt I saw myself in the book. And I was like, oh, wait, like I had not at all considered that I had any relationship to transness in that way. Um, and so it was really great getting to meet her, talk to her. Um, and she's the one who actually introduced me to Marsha B. Johnson. She's the one who's like, hey, you know, you got to look up Miss Major. You got to like know who these ancestors are, these elders are. Um, and she she was so patient with me. She was very patient with me. Um, and I felt like she kind of was like, Hey, listen, I got some books for you. I'm not going to do the labor for you, but here's all the ways that you can kind of, you know, navigate your journey and, you know, good luck with all of it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I, a few years later I met her in person and she remembered me and I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you want to get married now or what, what you want to do, girl? Um, but no, she's just incredible and, um, just really to me a very consistent person. Um, so yeah, number one is Janet Mock. Um, number two is Larray Giselle Ali. Mm, um, yes. Most people know her as an actress on The Shy. Um, I'm not currently watching The Shy, so that's not how I know her. Um, I've known Larray for, uh, a number of years. We met as activists in Chicago back in 2015, 2016 in BYP 100. Um, and What's really dope to me about Larray is like not only is she you know incredibly beautiful and a talented actress, she she has like actual ideas about abolition yeah. and intersectionality and capitalism and her role in society and how you know many of us are complicit in the things that harm us. Like I have had whole conversations with her about gender that have changed my orientation to gender. You know, um, she really helped me understand that the connections between capitalism and gender and, you know, this kind of like the ways we don't even have to fuck with no binaries, you know. Um, and, you know, it's like now she's just off being fantastic <laughs> and, and spectacular on TV, you know, um, which is funny because Janet Ma kind of did the same thing. Yep, same thing. <laughs> she went off and was like, OK, I'm just going to make pose now, you yep. know. Um, but, yeah, I just I think both of them. um Helped me to understand some things about myself that were really, um, you know, new for it's, me. And that's and that is kind of refreshing, right? Because yeah. I feel like the stereotypical like celebrity actress, singer, whatever, what have you, right? Is that there? There isn't much, right? 
going on in in the brain very right shallow. there very shallow very self-centered very much like nah. fame 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 look at me look at me right and so it is refreshing you know to to have someone in that type of a space that does have thoughts right now what i what i will say is also somewhat somewhat troubling about that right is that i feel like it is always the marginalized people yeah. in in the celebrity spaces who are then looked upon and basically forced right <laughs> right to have that i think i think the difference here right is that loray came in mm-hmm. right like it wasn't like i became a celebrity on oh, oh now i need to have a stance on these things right no, that, she was that's who like she that. is that's who she is already that's yeah. who she is as a person yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and i feel like everybody so everyone everyone on my list i feel like is like that um but i do feel like you know unfortunately sometimes we have to be so that's a yeah. whole different episode but, yeah um the third person is raquel lewis uh raquel is i don't know her personally we've never met in person we've interacted in so many ways we've interacted virtually and on social media i think we're linked up on every social media app and um we've kind of been in conversation with one another but um what's really dope to me about raquel um i've watched her over the last decade and just kind of watched her um be very intentional about how she um, engages in kind of narrative making around transness and trans identity in public. Um, and I really feel like her work, because she's also a writer, um, like she's right now, I think the executive editor at Out Magazine, you know, she's got podcasts and, th- you know, she's like really intentional about narratives um, and the stories we tell. And I think that's, that's one of those things where like, you know, going back to this conversation about uh, Marsha P. Johnson and and trying to archive her, you know, um, yeah. you know she was a very transient person. You know, there's very few pictures of her. You know, like it's it's hard to archive someone who is kind of, you know, in a very a very kind of hyper marginalized place. You know, yeah. in that way. And I I feel like Raquel's work has been so critical because she's really committed to telling very intentional and thoughtful stories. Um, about all of our experiences and that's been really meaningful to me wow that's that's amazing okay and you said you have four okay so the last one is sissy mcdonald um yeah sissy mcdonald um you know another person i have not met personally i've been in rooms with her and panels and things like that i've seen her but i don't know her personally um she is an activist who was actually arrested um, because she was defending herself and her friends after being a, an attacked uh, for being trans. Yeah, this was a big news story. Right. Um, and, you know, she was in her mid-20s when this happened. She was young, you know. Um, and what ended up happening, you know, I think from 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 her from her willingness to share with us her experiences with incarceration in that in that in that moment, you know, they they were awful to her as 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 all uh institutions are especially those attached to the prison industrial complex you know um they they treated her they treated her you know as if her identities and her experiences didn't matter at all and she was so she was so open and willing to share that with everyone in the world as it was happening um and it exposed a lot of the ways that um prisons are these like really really um, dangerous and awful sites of violence 
and harm for folks who are at these margins of identity, you know? 100%. Folks who transgress binaries, folks who don't align with certain identities or gender markers, and you know? And, um, you know, her activism was so critical because she came out of that and was like, listen, listen, I don't have to conform to anything that anyone wants me to conform to. I don't have to be the type of trans person you want me to be. I don't have to talk how you want me to talk or dress how you want me to talk. Dress me how you want me to dress. I should be able to exist exactly how I am and how I want to be. And you still treat me with respect Mm -hmm. and you treat me as a citizen. And that was so meaningful to me because I think I was still kind of peeling back some layers of respectability politics when I heard her work through this. And it was like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, what am I doing? Like, what am I actually doing here? And I think, you know, she has been so consistent about saying, nobody has to do anything for you, especially not trans women, especially not black trans women. We don't have to do anything for you, which she's always said, you know? Yes. And that's been, to me, that's something I think is really critical. Like, black trans women don't have to do nothing for you. And they should never have to do anything for you. Right? And I feel like it, it's, it's, it's a gift when black trans women choose to do work for us. Yeah, you've been blessed. Right. Thank y'all for listening. Before you go, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ThatBLKCouple, on Facebook at ThatBlackCouple, and look us up on the internet at www.ThatBlackCouple.com. Bye!